the most important aspect of, of our marriage staying pure is guarding my time. So I want to make sure that that we have time that's just for us. Accountability, a lot of accountability. Um, a mentor, having a mentor you can bounce stuff off of. My thing specifically has just always been accountability. Um, and the, when everything was going really well, like when I first came to Christ and and I wasn't struggling, um, that's when I put accountability into place. A really important factor for us is the foundation that we laid um, before we got married. The purity that we had going into our relationship, into our marriage, um, the premarital counseling that we got, the prep for marriage classes, like all that stuff set us up for success in our marriage. Say you have uh, boyfriends or girlfriends that are going, yeah, my wife does this, 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 and this, and then you start thinking, well, my wife doesn't do those things. You can't if you start using comparisons of your of your spouse to somebody else's you're gonna lose you're not gonna it's, you're not gonna be comparing apples to apples for sure All right, we are in uh, week four of our From This Day Forward series. We're looking at uh, five commitments that we are making in our marriage relationships. And uh, so many of these principles transfer over just into general relationships. But in specific, we're making these commitments in our uh, marriage uh, relationships. So week one, here we go. We can do them all, right? Week one, we started out saying that we're going to make that commitment that we are going to... Seek God. Some of you got it. We're going to seek God, and uh, we're going to put God first in our marriage relationships. We're going to put our spouse second, put God first, uh, and let him just grow our marriages, right? So we're going to seek God. Week two, we said we were going to... More of you got that one. Fight fair. Exactly. It's always funny. <laughs> More got that. We're going to fight fair. No uh, low blows, all that kind of stuff. We're going to get to conflict resolution and do it uh, do it uh, God's way. And then last week, last week we made a commitment. Uh, we said we were going to have fun. Exactly. Did you have fun? Man, if you didn't have fun this last week, that's not my fault. I'm just telling you. I gave you some good stuff last week to have fun with. So if you didn't, I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway, yeah, have fun was our was our commitment uh, last week. Uh, so I had fun. So, you know. Anyway, today we move forward. Uh, we move forward and we make another commitment in, uh, in our relationship, right? Here's the commitment for today. We're going to make the commitment to... Uh, practice honor and purity. We're going to make the commitment to practice honor and faithfulness in our marriage relationships. Specifically, we are going to honor our spouse and we are going to remain sexually faithful to our spouse. The key verse for us in this is Hebrews uh, 13.4, and it gives us both of those commands, both of those uh, commitments. It says, give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Notice it's got two straightforward kinds of commands and expectations right away about our marriage relationship. One is we're supposed to give honor in our marriage. And the second one is we're supposed to remain faithful. We're supposed to remain sexually pure and faithful uh, to our spouse. And they really tie together. You know, if you're doing the first one, giving honor, you're going to do the second one. 
right? If you do the first one, you're just, you're just going to inherently do uh, the second one. So let's talk about those this morning. First, this giving honor thing. We're supposed to give honor uh, to our spouse. What does that mean? Well, we're supposed to make our spouse a priority. We're supposed to honor them above everyone else, right, in our, in our relationships. We're supposed to make the, the spouse a priority uh, in all of those relationships. So God may come first, but who comes second? That would be our spouse, right? We, we need to honor them uh, first. So a lot of times when we first get married, it's kind of a difficult thing because we're used to doing a lot of friend stuff, right, and hanging out with friends. But when you get married, you're making a commitment saying, wait a minute, I am going to honor my spouse. I'm going to prioritize my spouse. That means my spouse takes priority and kids and friends come later. Kids and friends come later. Our priority is our spouse. Now, this may shake some things up. It may shake up your soccer coach when you say, wait a minute, my uh, spouse comes first and my kid's soccer game doesn't. Right? It may shake up your friends when you're saying, no, sorry, I know we've done this for a lot of years together, but hey, I can't do it anymore. I'm out. Uh, Right? Because, no, my spouse comes first. I need to honor that. Right? We make this commitment to honor our spouse. First Peter says, of course, your former friends are surprised when you no longer plunge into the flood of wild and destructive things that they do. Right? Things change when we get married. And part of that is a commitment that says our priority. Our priority is our spouse. So we're going to give them a priority in our commitment. You with me? We honor our spouse not only in that priority of commitment, uh, but we honor our spouse because we make a public commitment to honor them, right? It means when we're in public in particular, we make sure that we are honoring our spouse in front of other people. What's that look like? Well, you know the old phrase, right? The old phrase goes, right? If you don't have anything good to say, don't. Say anything at all, right? What's the key? When it comes to your spouse, you honor them publicly. It means you'd never, 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 never run your spouse down in front of other folks, right? You don't get together at the water cooler or the, you know, the coffee pot at work and all you do is talk about your spouse and talk about your spouse and always run your spouse down, right? I know that happens out there. Not for us. That's the commitment we make. Commitment is, no, we just don't do that. We don't live that. Other people, that's up to them. But Christ followers, we're going to honor marriage, and that means we are going to honor our spouse. We're going to be committed to them in time, and we're going to be committed to them in lifting them up in front of other people, right? We're just going to talk good about our spouse. Dear friends, I warn you, as temporary residents and foreigners, you're not like everybody else, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls. Be careful. Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. We've got to be careful when it comes to our neighbors when we're in public to make sure that we are always honoring our spouse. We only speak good of our spouse in public. You with me there? Sounds good so far, right? So that's the, the, the first half of that verse, right? Is that we honor our spouse. We honor them in prioritizing them. And we honor them publicly. We only speak good of them. Second part. 
And we remain faithfully pure. We remain faithful to them. We remain absolutely, totally, utterly, sexually, faithfully committed only to our spouse. Right? First Corinthians says, Because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. What is the focus? Whom is the focus of your sexual attention? One and only one other person. Your spouse. That's it. That is the unique role that your spouse plays, unlike anybody else in the world. That person... That person is the only person that is the focus of your sexual attention. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor. I thought as long as you didn't touch, you could still look. No, not at all. If you're married, there is only one person in the entire world who is the focus of your sexual attention, and that is your spouse. That's it. That one person plays that unique role in being the focus of your sexual attention. You remain absolutely and utterly sexually faithful and pure, committed to that person and that person alone. Let me give you a scripture that gives you some insight of what that looks like, right? This is a fantastic scripture out of Ephesians 5. This is the Amplified Version, so it's a little fuller version, the Amplified Version. But sexual immorality and all moral impurity, that's what we're talking about. Sexual immorality, all moral impurity that is indecent, offensive behavior or greed must not even be hinted at among you as is proper among saints. For as believers, our way of life, whether in public or in private, reflects the validity of our faith. All right? Now, I underlined a key phrase in that verse. When it comes to our sexual immorality, or when it comes to practicing this absolute sexual faithfulness to our spouse. What does that look like? Notice the phrase says, there shouldn't be even a hint among you of something else, of sexual immorality. Not even a hint. Not even a hint. Do you get the point? What's a hint? What does a hint look like? Well, let's ask this one. You ready? Is there a hint of sexual immorality by what you watch on TV? How about this one? Is there, is there even, even a hint, even, even the smallest whisper of a hint of sexual immorality by what you click on your computer and what goes across your computer screen? Is there even a hint, just the smallest idea, the smallest thought or emotion? When you're at work and you rearrange your schedule so that you make sure you have the opportunity to be around that other person of the opposite sex that's in your office, is there even a hint? You get what I'm saying, right? This is the standard Scripture calls us to. Is there even a hint? Because for us, there can't be even a hint. There is only one person in our lives and one person only who is the object, the focus of our sexual attention. One person, one person only. 
there can't be even a hint of anything else. Why is it so important? When you let that hint in, when you let that hint in, you are letting crap into your marriage. You're just letting crap come into your marriage. When I lived in uh, Burlington, I uh, had a house. My backyard uh, was uh, butted up against the public park, right? Big, big public park. And my house was at the far end of the public park and big, big open space at the far end. And also on this public park, there was a big apartment building that also butted up to uh, the the, uh, back end, right? To this big, huge place. So the people that lived in that back end with this big, huge park area, if they had a dog, you know, they would just open the door and boom, let the dog run, right? They just opened the door of the apartment or the house and boom, the dog would just like run through this whole back area of the park, right? Now, you know what that ultimately meant? Sooner or later, some of those dogs would come in my backyard and do what? their business, right? And they'd crap in my backyard. Which meant when I was out playing with my kids or mowing lawn, guess what I stepped in? You ever step in that stuff? It's hard to get off. Not to mention it smells. When we have a hint, when we have a hint, when we allow a hint, All we're doing is allowing that kind of crap into our marriage. And it stinks. And it sticks. You know what I did at my house? I got smart, I think. I built a hedge. I made sure that hedge had thorns on it, too. You bet those dogs didn't like my yard anymore because I put a big old hedge around the back of my yard and it was a thorny hedge, right? And you bet, it changed. What happened? No more dogs. No more dogs. Guess what? No more crap. It was good, right? What's the lesson? It's a scriptural principle to make sure that we are absolutely committed to our spouse and to our spouse alone, and there isn't even a hint of sexual immorality in our relationships, that we remain absolutely pure in our faithfulness to our spouse, we need to build hedges. We need to build hedges in our relationships with other people and in our practice and the way we walk through life. We build hedges to protect us and protect our marriages so we don't let the crap get in. What I want to suggest today is that is a simple biblical principle. It's right here in Job 1. In Job 1, that's where Satan comes and challenges God about this guy named Job. And we see here how we look at Job's life and how we see protection has been around him. It says, Satan replies to the Lord, Yes, but Job Job has good reason to fear God, right? Job has a good reason for things going so well in his faith relationship with God. There's a good reason things are good in Job's life. Why? Because you have always put what? 
a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You have made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. What did Job have around him? A wall of protection. He had a hedge. There was a wall of protection around Job. He had a hedge. And when that wall of protection was around Job, what happened in his life? It prospered. If you want your marriage relationship to prosper, if you want to make sure that you fulfill this commitment, that you honor your spouse and you remain absolutely faithful to your spouse and there isn't even a hint of anything else, you need to build some hedges. Especially in our culture today, you need to build some hedges. I want to suggest that you build three hedges in your life and in your marriage relationship. You build three hedges. One is you build a technology hedge. Two is you build a relational hedge. And three is you build a spiritual hedge. First, the technology hedge. You need to build a technology hedge in your life. Technology is so pervasive in our culture. It is influencing us all the time, every single day. And it's influencing all of the ages, right? Bring a device to school day, right? I mean, it's influencing all of us. And we need to make sure that we understand the power this thing has, technology, to bring crap into our relationships. It's just absolutely obvious. For instance, it is incredible how many people are now engaged in sexual affairs with an old flame. And how did they find that old flame? On Facebook. Facebook. They looked them up on Facebook. They reconnected on Facebook. And all of a sudden, an old relationship creeps into and dumps crap into a marriage. Technology. How many times does a simple click put something up on our computer? How many times... Does pornography influence us because it invades us through our technology? And you say, wait a minute, Pastor, you're just blowing this way too big. No, I'm not. Here's the stats. You ready? I looked this up. you got to understand how powerful this crap is. Every second, think about it, every second, 28,258 users are watching pornography on the Internet. Every second. Every second, $3,075.64 is being spent on pornography on the Internet. Every second, 372 people are typing the word adult into some search engine. 40 million Americans regularly visit pornography sites on the Internet. 35% of all Internet downloads are related to pornography. 25% of all search engine queries are related to pornography, which means 68 million people each day search for pornography. One-third of all porn viewers are women. 2.5 billion emails sent or received every day contain pornography. You tell me, is this pervasive? You need a hedge? need a hedge. It is pervasive and invasive. 
And Scripture gives us a straight word on this thing. This is out of Proverbs 5. And, and it's a father talking to his son, saying, what, what do you do about, about the prostitute on the corner down the street? What do you do? He says, and so now, my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I'm about to say to you. What does he say? Say it with me. Stay away from her. <laughs> Gee, thanks for that wisdom, Dad. <laughs> I mean, right at it, Right? It's, it's not that complicated. Stay away. Stay away. Build a hedge. Get protection. Stay away. Corinthians says, run, run from sexual sin. It doesn't say creep. It doesn't say walk. It doesn't say crawl. What does it say? Run as fast as you can. Run, stay away. This is pervasive stuff. This is dangerous stuff. This stuff is just going to put crap into your marriage. Stay away. Build a hedge. And it's not that hard. Build a hedge around all those devices you have in your house, all that technology stuff. Just build a hedge. Get a program, slap it onto your, your computer or your, your phone, whatever it is, that just blocks all that stuff. It's not that hard. Just get a program, slap it on there, and you won't even allow yourself to go to those kinds of places, let alone those places invade you because you clicked wrong. Just build a hedge. You can even get this stuff Free. If you if you want to find out where you can get it free, you just email the uh, email us here at Christ Church this week, and and we'll get a response back to you, showing you some stuff you can download free. You can get this stuff free. Okay, you can get stuff you can throw on your computer. It will block it. Not only that, you can build in accountability. You can build accountability for yourself. You really want to build a hedge with thorns on it? Download a program that not only blocks it, but if you even try to click into something pornographic, it will send an email to your accountability partner telling you, telling them you just did that. How's that for a hedge? That's the thorns, baby. Huh? Stay away. Run. See, we need to make sure there isn't even a hint, not even a hint. So build the hedge. Build the hedge. Second hedge. You need to build relational hedges. Build relational hedges. This is out of Thessalonians. It says, God's will is for you to be holy, to stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honor. That's what we're talking about. Not in lustful passions like the pagans who do not know God in his way. Never harm or cheat a fellow believer in this matter by violating his wife. For the Lord avenges all such sins, as we have solemnly warned you before. God has called us to live what? Holy lives, not impure lives. We need to make sure that we build relational hedges. What does that look like? Well, just make the commitment in your life that you're not going to put yourself at risk. You just make a simple commitment. You say, you know what? From this day forward, I'm going to build that hedge. 
I'm going to build that relational hedge and I'm going to make a commitment that I am not going to be alone with a person of the opposite sex. I'm just not going to put myself in a situation where I am alone with a person of the opposite sex. Right? So that means, uh, dads, you don't drive the female babysitter home. Mom does. Mom, you don't drive the male babysitter home. Dad does. Right? You just make a simple commitment that says, I'm not going to put myself at risk. I am just not going to have the hints of possibility. You just find ways to make sure that when you want to meet somebody who's of the opposite sex, what do you do? Well, you can still meet him, but meet him in a public place. Meet him at Starbucks, meet at Collectivo, wherever it is, but meet him in a public place. You say, well, wait a minute, in my work environment, you know, I've got to meet with people, and I've got to sit down with people of the opposite sex, and I have to meet with them one-on-one. We've got to talk through stuff. Okay, that's fine. But just make sure you do it in the most public environment you can find. Right? If you have to meet with them in office, okay, meet with them in the office, but make sure you leave the door absolutely open. And if you can find a place in your office that's a more public, use it. If you can find a place that has an office with a glass front on it, that's where you go. And we're talking about building expansion and we're looking at putting in small group areas and putting in some some collective office space. Guess what we're going to have? We're going to have offices with glass fronts because there can't be even a hint, can't be even a hint of the possibility. You just build those hedges. And so you make the commitment. I'm just not going to put myself in that environment. That's not who I am. That doesn't honor my spouse, and that doesn't create the possibility, right? I'm not just going to have a hint of possibility of sexual immorality, of impurity in my marriage relationship. I just don't want that crap. You with me? Build a relational hedge. And finally, build a spiritual hedge. What does that mean? you got to build up your spiritual life. you got to build up your knowledge of Scripture. you got to build up your strength spiritually so that if it, even a hint, even the smallest hint arrives, you detect it like that. Your spiritual antennas can sniff it out like crazy, right? And you can smell that crap from miles away, and you don't even get close to it because your spiritual antennas are so in tune and so strong. This is serious stuff. How do we know this is serious? Because Jesus took it serious. This is out of Matthew 5. It says, But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, I love that phrase, even your good eye, even your good eye causes you to lust, do what? Gouge it out and throw it away. Now, he's not literally telling you to gout out your bad eye or your good eye, right? But what, what, what's he trying to do here? He is trying to make you understand how absolutely serious this is for your marriage. If you don't build those hedges, you're just allowing crap to stick to your marriage. Don't do it. Don't do it. Colossians says what? Put it to death. Just put it to death. 
And then it gives us a great encouragement. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Here's the difficulty. For some of us in the room today, that crap is already there. That crap has already invaded. Here's the good news. God forgives that. Jesus died for that. And today, from this day forward, you can be different. You can build those hedges. Today, from this day forward, Jesus Christ says you can put on an absolute new nature. From this day forward, your marriage can be new. And you can get rid of the crap. Just make the commitment to build those hedges. Scripture says what? If we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and he is just. And he'll, he'll forgive our sins and he'll cleanse us from all wickedness. He forgives the crap. And from this day forward, you don't need it anymore. So if you find yourself this morning feeling convicted, if you find yourself this morning feeling uncomfortable, and you say, oh my gosh, there's a hint, just a hint, doesn't need to stay, doesn't need to be there. From this day forward, Jesus Christ is ready to invade. Jesus Christ is ready to take over your life. Jesus Christ is ready to take over your marriage. And Jesus Christ is ready to empower you and equip you to build those hedges so you make that commitment that you are going to honor your spouse and you are going to stay sexually faithful to her for the rest and him the rest of your days. From this day forward, the possibility from this day forward is to make that commitment. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, and uh, there's so many things that attack our our relationships and our marriages, and, uh, man, it's crap. But we know that you're a good God, you're a forgiving God. Your love for us is uh, incredible. We just sang about it. And that love for us is greater. So, Lord, we come to you today and uh, we just, we confess to you our faults and our failures, our weakness. We confess to you this morning those hints, those hints that have found their way into our lives and into our marriages. Lord, we ask you to forgive us. We know you will. Even more, Lord, we ask you today to empower us to make that commitment from this day forward. To make that commitment from this day forward. No more crap. From this day forward, no more hints. From this day forward, we're going to honor our spouse and we're going to live faithful and pure. So help us build those hedges. Help us build them tall and strong and thorny so that nothing, nothing can invade them and that our marriages can be everything you want them to be and that they can grow and they can flourish. Lord, we commit all this to you, trusting you above all things in Jesus' name.
Amen.